Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Welcome to another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Joining me today is a new buddy who might be very beneficial to all you pet owners out there. My buddy, Patty. How are you doing today, Patty? I'm doing great. How are you guys? How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us on an episode. It's really... I'm interested to learn about your career. Okay, yeah, I'm willing to tell you about it because it's 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 been extravagant <laughs> and wonderful. So, so you're a vet tech. What what inspired you to seek a career as a vet tech? Well, I can tell you, going back about forty some years, <laughs> um, I know I wanted to be a nurse because I remember in kindergarten uh, we had to make something what you wanted to be, and I drew a little nurse and had a little nurse hat. But then as I got older, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I really like cats and dogs. And, you know, maybe I should be a veterinarian. Um, I originally wanted to be a veterinarian, I think. But, you know, it ended up I wanted to start out slow to get there because I wanted to get my feet in the field. And I tell you what, it's like those two things came together. Like mm-hmm. from when I was in kindergarten to when I was a teenager. And I wanted to be I'll start out as a veterinary nurse. And I tell you what, best thing I ever did, because we make such an impact. Mm-hmm. we're all there for one one reason so we all work as a team and it's the best thing i ever did absolutely and when did you when did that inspire you to start your own business to um you know over the years in the field um you know i've been clinical practice for over 30 years as a vet tech and um what inspired me to start my own home business um mainly is um you know emotional ties with the pet is a big thing. And when an owner's diag- or, you know, pet is diagnosed with a new illness or injury, they have to do a lot of this stuff at home after the animal's discharged. And, you know, they need a lot of support and they, they call in and things like that. But sometimes, I mean, it's been nice to be able to take the nursing skills from practice to the pet at home. Okay. When I can, so that's, I, mean, I guess over the years being in practice, um, I kept seeing that, as a thing like, well, how can I help them more at home? And plus the career in general is very physical, very mentally taxing. It can be, but um, you know, it was time for me to kind of step back from a lot of that physical work. Cause I didn't want to <laughs> retire <laughs> and be all, uh, you know, beat up, but it's just a very physical job. And it just, I saw the need for it. And I tell you what, the responses have been wonderful. I mean, I love private practice. I miss a lot of what I used to do, but seeing this turn into a new avenue of pet care, it makes it worthwhile, especially when I've got a sick pet, um, say uh, real quick, like it had diagnosed with diabetes. Owners are set home with a variety of instructions, a new illness, a dog that's not feeling that great or cat. And it's overwhelming to them and be able to bring that support to them at home is, is priceless, I think. And a lot of people have been responding real good to it. Nice. Nice. How many clients <laughs> do you think you are currently up to right now? Like how many clients do you think um, you're up to? Today? 
routinely probably, and it doesn't seem like a lot, routinely it's like probably 20, but then, you know, as time goes on, I get lots of different cases that need help, you know, and they, you know, like say some Q fluid therapy, a bandage change, um, drop-in visits, it, tr like routine wellness ones. It's not a high number, but it's get, it's growing. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I guess over the past two, almost three years, because I started right before COVID, my, my, you know, my, my list has du doubled and actually tripled. So I would probably say, I'm taking a wild guess of like 150 people. Mm -hmm. I've helped or made a difference, you know. Nice. So it's growing. It's taking its time. <laughs> hey, everything, everything that comes to perfection always has to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, I look I look at that now and it's it's grown and people really, really responding to it. And I can give you a case example real briefly. Go ahead. I had a dog in my neighborhood, okay? And I went to a hospital across town. And this was like right, oh, probably a year and a half in the COVID, so masking and all that. The dogs, you know, they had to wait outside, you know, can go in the hospital and all that. Um, I had been, I had been in surgery anesthesia and recovery and a uh, floor nurse for a long time. And, you know, like I said, decided to start a business and I talked to her and I said, okay, well, the dog had to get a mask taken off its foot where, um, it was not going to heal by, they couldn't suture it basically just not enough tissue. So I went to its house every day for five weeks and this dog is an older dog. He didn't have to go sit in the parking lot. I mean, a nurse assessed it every day. Um, stayed in touch with the clinic, um, gave the nurse reports, you know, everything from post-surgical recovery for that five-week period, that dog didn't have to ex extend itself and spend two and a half hours a day going to the pet vet. I mean, and I'm, I'm there to work in conjunction with the veterinarian, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm going to follow their orders. Obviously, I can't make those orders as a nurse, um, but I'm going to tell you if I see something, I'm going to say something to the vet like, okay, I think he's painful and shout and give them an email and say, this is what I'm seeing. And sometimes pets, you know, the owners don't really know unless they're blatantly painful, whining and crying. There's a lot of other physiological parameters that I can check while I'm there and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing. You may need more of this, but I need to talk to the vet, talk to the vet first. So that was, that was the rewarding one. That was right when I first started. So um, yeah, that's, it's been nice, you know, Wonderful. And it is nice because there are some dogs that, you know, yeah. you take to the vet just for a routine checkup and mm -hmm. the minute like they're on, the, they're in the car ride, they're this happy, joyous, go lucky. We're going for a car ride. The minute they see, the minute you pull into the parking lot and open the door, it's like a light switch. Like it's just yeah. one of those moments where they go from happy, joy, lucky to they will sit on the ground and make you drag them in if they have to. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of pets that, <laughs> me that are you know I like that and and being able to bring some of the routine wellness care to the home has helped mm -hmm. immensely and some dogs have a combination of medications that work but they work with sometimes they need meds or just they do fine with distraction but taking that element out of there um, can make a difference and chronic stress as we know is not great for us um, mm -hmm. but once again I work with the veterinarians you know yeah. um, that's it we're a team thing and I don't work for one specific veterinarian. I mean, yeah. you know, but because I'm my own entity, but um, it's been nice to have response. And actually, the veterinarians in town have been referring me out. Uh, I've had a couple of clinics refer me out for esophagostomy tube feeding and subcutaneous fluids of a cat that was really sick there last year. So it's it's nice to really bring the routine wellness or medical needs when possible. Now, a lot of people ask me, 
and I can tell you what I can and can't do. You know, a lot of people ask me, do I do the vaccines? Well, I'm like, no, that has to be deemed healthy by the veterinarian. Uh, euthanasia, mm-hmm. I do not do that. They've got to have the drugs um, for that. I don't do those types of things. I don't groom. I'm not a groomer. I'm a veterinarian nurse through and through. <laughs> if it's a grooming, I'll find you someone because I got lots of, you know, referrals, people to to set up with. So, you know, but it's it's been good. Mm-hmm. So a quick follow-up question. Um, what if, Have there ever been animals that kind of like are territorial, like you're coming into their house? Yeah. This is my area. This is my oh, yeah. you know, domain. Yeah. And this is the big thing. I got to talk to you first before we make an appointment. Mm-hmm. So I need to have all this addressed before. I mean, I go through everything. You know, I need to know if there are any aggression history, bite history. I mean, I need to pick, I need to be cautious. I'm a one woman show and safety is the utmost concern. I mean, there, I mean, you know, I have to, we have to have boundaries on that. We have to kind of know. Um, there are some dogs and cats, uh, some dogs that it doesn't work out with, you know, Hey, I, I cannot <laughs> safely do this. Unfortunately, so-and-so is going to need to go there to have this done, you know, and gone are the days, you know, we, we try not, we've, we look at the, I, I came from a section and I make it sound like I'm old now, but, um, you know, I was in tech school in the late eighties, early nineties. And back in the day, I'll tell you what, let's just hold it down. Let's get his nails done. But now it's evolved to this whole emotional thing. And I've seen the changes in veterinary medicine from drugs, changes, pain control, the way we handle them, the way we draw blood, you know, some of our techniques have really changed. And I can tell you that, um, you know, and, and that's for the better. We read these animals, we try to watch them, you know, based on the anxiety or fear they're having. So it's nice to be able to have options to help them. Mm-hmm. But it's been nice to see the changes in vet med over 30 years too. So, yeah. So what do you do if you do have a territorial dog, if you do have, or some pet that really, well, if it's really, you know, we're having aggression issues and things like that, and it's not safe for me, uh-huh. they will need to go to the vet clinic and they'll have to do the appropriate things. Uh-huh. You know, I have to assess each situation. You know what I mean? If it's going to yeah. be a safety thing for me, I can't put myself in danger. And they, and that's not good for them either. So mm-hmm. we just got to be on the same page with that. Yeah. Now, I've seen animals, you know, I've tried to and work with some animals. Um, and it, like I said, I, one or two that didn't work out. And it just this is the way it is. I do all the best I can with what I got. <laughs> and I'll give you every every single thing I can think of before it comes to that point. Yeah. You know I mean? And that's what I was about to ask. Like, have there been animals that have started out, like, protective, but then realized, okay, she's here to help. She's here to... Yeah, I mean, you have to read them. Yeah, like I said, yeah, look at their their their, their cues that they're giving me. They, they talk to us by body language. I look at everything from ears, eyes, feet, motion, stance, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but people, yeah, they need to be honest about dog if it's not, you know, you can't sugarcoat it, with, you know, with me or any, you know, shouldn't. Oh, he's any, you won't mind him at all. Yeah. Well, you got to watch. That, yeah, he won't bite. But you know what? We are trained as technicians to look for keys of anxiety or being scared or fearful. I mean, we have to be mm-hmm. careful. He's just fine. He's not doing He won't bite you. And meanwhile, the dog's shaking like a like a massage chair, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're also different. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of super anxious dogs and I tell you what, uh, like a three or four of my work for the, for a year and a half now, along with meds and they've been great dogs to begin with, but they have come a long way with exposure work and meds a long way. It's like, I can, I, these dogs are happy to see me now. I'm not the miracle worker. I can't say I'm miracle worker for everything. So, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but the routine wellness, I do have a couple of dogs. I see routinely like for ear cleanings and, 
he's been a great dog. So, and I still do it every week for him, you know. Nice. Nice. So what service, what type of services could you offer? I know we have a lot of buddies that aren't from, from our area, you know, we yeah. have all over. So what, what services could you offer our buddies? I, yeah. And I can tell you where I travel to. I can t- tie that into that. Yeah. I know it's part of the question, right? I think yep. that was my next question. Okay. Yeah. So I figured I'd tie it right in there. Yeah. yeah I, I knew it was coming. I was like, I'm not going to ask me. I, cause I know you save other viewers from different areas. Yeah. Um, I travel, you know, about, uh, well, I'm in Erie, so I can go as far as Lake City and as far as, um, uh, well, I just went like Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What's that? I just went blank with that other place. Was I just went like, not Ripley, Finley Lake. Sorry, Finley Lake, mm-hmm. not Ripley. I think that's in the same area. But anyway, and I go as far as Edinburgh, but I don't go further than that because that's out of my time. That's out of my time zone. <laughs> or not time zone, but just my distance. So about like Western New York, Eastern Ohio. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't go really to Ohio now. I don't go to yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Lake City's as far as uh, that way I go mm-hmm. um, into Edinburgh, into Finley Lake. Yeah. All sorts of in-between stuff. Um what can I help people with? Okay, yeah, I can help people with quite a bit of things. Um, your routine wellness procedures. Um, a lot of vets have gotten backed up because of COVID and lack of staffing. So there are some things I can aid with, um, like your ear cleaning, your gland expression, uh, just minor uh, mat removal, um, nail trims. You know, those are some basic things like basic care items. But then it can get into the medical cases where you could have wound care, nursing post-op ac- assessments, um, bandage changes, fluid therapy, not intravenous fluid therapies under the skin. Um, you know, anything medically related that an owner sent home with, you know, mm-hmm. medicating cats. You know, I also do some consults too on a lot of veterinary topics that like by Zoom or something or talking to the owner about lots of things from feline urinary tract health, you know, behavior, um, weight management, um, dental disease. Um, you know, there's a whole list of things veterinary technicians um because we're like big client communicators you know we we're, we're that next person next step person to the vet there's so many things we're trained in and we have experience with so those are just some of the consults that i can aid with um new kit new puppy things um getting animals used to veterinary related procedures is something i'm going to add in the future um because these are some of the things you take a dog and he only gets manipulated once a year and the dog doesn't know what's going on, but you can actually train them. I'm actually training my cat to get in the cat carrier. He's doing it too. A cat getting into the carrier. That's why 80% of our cats don't get to the vet. Cause I tell you what, the number one thing that cat sees the carrier. Where's it? Where's the cat? He's gone. Cat is gone, right? Just like the dog gets in the car. Cat's gone. So you want to make that a good place. So I do some training things with that too. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I a lot of experience in, um, emergency care and um, nursing care in general, that stuff ties in and, and can slide right into taking care of pets. Mm-hmm. And you do make a great point. Like, like we were talking about earlier, or like you just mentioned, you know, cat sees the carrier <laughs> gone because it knows where it's going. Or, yeah. you know, we were talking earlier, like the dog gets skittish the minute they, you know, the minute they hit the vet, they, you know, they were just excited to go in the, you know, we're going for a car ride where all this, the minute they see the vet, oh, heck no. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, a lot of people got dogs during the pandemic, so they didn't get that chance to take that dog in for what's called a happy visit. So the dog can mm-hmm. go in and get treats and positive reinforcement. We lost that. We lost that. And it's like, yeah. you're almost rebuilding your steps now. Cause you got a lot of puppy pandemic puppies. So 
Um, mm. But, you know, you got to work with them. And that's the biggest thing. The work's got to be put in to, to get to that point. Because depending on the dog, it can be done, but it all depends on the dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and how much the owner is getting involved. And, and time is a big factor, too, you know, with these things. With my cat, I have to train him. I have to do a you know, small time with the cat, like three minutes here and there. Because cats, attention span, they're like, I'm out. You know, <laughs> dogs you can get a little more with sometimes, but cats are like, yeah, I'm done. Yep. So, but, so let me yeah. give my next question. I know we talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit earlier, but like you really have that skittish pet, but you know for a fact you can work with this. Like it's not so severe that like they're going to mm-hmm. like you just have to throw your hands up and say, hey, you have to take them to a vet, mm-hmm. you know, get medication. How do you get to that point? Like they're, you know, you can, you, you're workable with them. You know, like how do you get to Well, that I think I gauge, I gauge it a lot, you know, you know, um, once again, I, you know, I'm thinking of the dogs I've had to work with from the beginning. I have to read their body language each uh-huh. time. And sometimes you're doing good with a pet at first. Like it's a young pet. Okay. Say we worked with them at 12 weeks old. Um, you know, now the dog is five months and now it's turned it. They go through a second pe- fear period kind of, they have a fear period when they're real young. That's why they socialize, but they get up into another one. And they're totally not the dog. I remember it being, you know, and, and it, it's a lot. Things change. They like to figure out what they don't and like and they do like. Um, when do I notice it's if it's not working? When I've exhausted all options working with the pet, I'm here not to stress that pet out. I'm not going to put, you know, stress them out where it's horrible and the dog's hiding under the chair. I have to work with them each time and assess them each time. And if it's getting worse and we've tried a, trials of different things, it may be, may not work, you know, mm-hmm. but I know it sounds like I'm repeating it. So it's assessment yeah. is key. Yeah. It's ass- assessment's key. Yeah. That's how we see progress. We have to assess yeah. the progress. Are we progressing? Do we have to take a couple steps back in a training plan to get them used to it? Yeah, yeah. But I tell you what routine has to help with a lot of these dogs too. You got, you got to have it done every so often, not every seven months to get their nails done. You got to do it more often. Yeah. Small bits. And I'm not saying, yeah, go ahead. It's all about like small bits to getting mm-hmm. them where like mm-hmm. that's eventually going to gain their trust. That's eventually going to gain them to yeah. when you come over, it's not going to be, she's here. I'm out of here. It's more going to be like, Hey, she's here. I'm getting a spot. Yeah. And that's what's happened with some. And, 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 and there are some that it didn't, you know, Yeah. you win some, you lose some, you do the best you can. But I tell you what, the ones, there's like four now, and it's taken a long time. <laughs> and sometimes people end up finding a way to do it themselves, and I give them some of the tools at least, and then they've worked it out themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and if anything, if I don't keep them as a client, I've given them the tools they need to have the success. I'm not in about, well, you know, they're not doing it anymore or they don't want me. I can't look at it that way, you know. Mm-hmm. We made an impact somewhere, and that's what veterinarians, technicians, veterinary technicians do. We make impact every mm-hmm. way, every day. I could say that to the cows coming. We're never just veterinary technicians. The things I have seen and done in practice are just things I remember reading about. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe I just did that, or I did that, and it helped the dog. And but every day, I I'd have like a bunch of cases on the board and. You know, you have to streamline. You're working with your team. It's just, it's a great feeling to see these dogs and cats in a different way now to be able to help them. Absolutely. Do you have like a story, like an impact story of a time that your service really 
made a difference? Oh, the dog with the foot. That one I was told about earlier with the, the little uh, surgery. Um, some kitties with, uh, when they were kidney failure caps, but unfortunately they, they only survived for a amount of time. But I tell you what, when they didn't have to bring the kitty in for the last, say, four months of its life to have fluids done at home. They didn't have to travel to the vet every other day. I That's what I saw in the 90s. And I remember, I'll never forget this lady. I can't remember the cat's name. Not late, mid-90s, she would bring the cat in. Oh, here's Emma. <laughs> and Emma, you know, she was like, nah, I'm not having it. You know, but I just did the fluids. But see, she had to bring that cat there every day, every other day. So it's those little things, you know what I mean? Such as that, that saves that these animals time, saves the stress. If your cat or dog's already in a medical condition um, that's, you know, causing stress and taxing on the body, let's try to make it better when I can, when you can. So those are two stories, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Hey, you speaking know. of clients, I got to ask about someone. You have a notable client here that everyone has seen and loved, our <laughs> buddy Chloe. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh. She's, good. She's good. You know, and this is the thing. Every dog is unique. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's every time she's going to get a little bit better. And, and do we have to tweak her medications? You know, yeah. and she's on the meds. So mm-hmm. we might use just a couple things. And I want to give all her history away. But because, you know, but that's the thing. We have to work with that dog. And I tell you what, you know, working with every dog. And, and, and this saves the dog from experiencing anxiety, especially got arthritis and things like that on top of it. You know. Every session, every session is different. Every session is not perfect, you know, but um, I'm hoping she's going to be one of those that keeps progressing. And she doesn't, you know, like I said, she's, she's still hanging out with me in the living room. So that's good. So she's not hiding underneath something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she's still happy to see me, but yes, she's a good girl. So yes, I'm happy to have her. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm really I'm really loving when I'm here and, you know, just especially the stories of like the dogs who have gone from like scared to death. Oh no, she's here to, Hey, Sunday, you know? Yeah. I, I like seeing them too. It's, it makes me happy. And it, it really helps when owners too also have put some work in, you know, with a lot of them and it, it, they're all different. And some aren't just have it wired in their head that this is a fearful thing. And it, they're always going to have that. Some mm-hmm. of them. You know, mm-hmm. so that was my follow-up question. I apologize; I've, it slipped my mind earlier. Oh, it's all right. What What are some tools that you could offer, like to some, you know, to people doing it on their own, like when you're not there? Like, what What's some yeah. homework you can give them? Well, some homework is the biggest thing. You know, with you have a dog, you know, you know, uh, or cat, is having them to work, get a station where they work at. Like, you can get a dog to like get used to going to a mat, like a yoga mat. Okay, this is time for the training. It starts there. I've done this with my cat so far. I've got him used to, with some training, some basic stuff to get him to a mat. So he knows that station, it's time for treatment or something. And I'm practicing with, I'll just give you an example with my mm-hmm. cat. I haven't got to the syringe part to show him the syringe because I want to get him used to getting meds. He, not that he needed meds, but you know, these are some of the procedures animals might need down the road. But I was doing the physical exam stuff on him. Cause he's kind of one of these grumbly cats. that's like, you know, so doing some of that base work at home may help, you know, getting them to a mat station as for nails and things like that. I'm not going to talk about the cat cause he's, he's feisty to be one. So we haven't even got to him yet, but if you have a dog, it's one of those things where you have to almost go down a ladder 
two of their exposure work and read them. You know, and I think with dogs, I think it does help if you have some basic commands down with them because that really can get them focused. And if they're food motivated, things like that, then you can work down and watch them for their response. Okay, there's a multitude of ways to go about doing that. But those are starting points, I think, is a big thing with dogs because they're just all over the place, you know, and, you know, they, they don't, some of them don't know that stuff. And like I said, you know, I met a lot of pandemic puppies that I've worked with and it's taken some time, but now they accept me, you know, cause they, I've had to work with them and the, you know, and do the, some of the reinforcements with them. The other one I think I'm working with is a little bit, a little bit scared still, but we're working with her. So mm-hmm. or him, but yeah. I guess that's, I guess some basic stuff, I guess. Yeah. So give me some homework. I gave you, you know, oh. my situation <laughs> about my dog earlier yeah. who, you know, is very yeah. skittish when it comes to the paws from, past experiences maybe yeah. you know, some things I can do. So the next time I take them to the vet, they don't have to like muzzle him just to get that, just to get a nail tripping, a nail clipping, you know? Well, once again, they have to be safety because we're reading the dog there. We can't yeah. have, have that go on, but to get her, is it a girl? girl it's a boy. boy. Oh, sorry about that. No, um, you know, if you have your um, significant other, maybe hold on in a gentle mm-hmm. way. And you could start with some, dis- did they ever try distraction at the hospital with anything? They probably, she's probably don't like, he doesn't like it too much. Like distraction with peanut butter, cream cheese. Did they do anything that? Good or not? Well, that's a starting point, but you always have to watch for those warning signals. And you know your yeah. dog the best personally. Uh-huh. But if she's holding on to them, you know, um, you can distract with cream cheese and slowly just go down the back end. I always, dogs and cats are different sensitive spots, you know, and, and um, you, we never really want, and back in the day, it's like, just get a foot and get the nail clip, right? But yeah. I start with, you know, getting on their back. If, if the dog will let you in sliding down and gliding and watching that response and maybe touching a toe. Do you know what I mean? If she's holding them and you yeah. can just slide down the, like the dog's here, you know, and just hold a toe for a minute. And if the dog lets you, you know, and usually when I tell them to do that, I mean, this is not technique for everybody, but you can start with that and then reward right away. That might help to start. So guide it down, like guide. Yeah, I mean, you can see just, yeah. And there's different protocols and different steps to do it. But that's one of the beginning points is try to distract and watch her signals. I mean, you can even, I mean, if if he, you know, you're holding on and you touch it inside and he's like looking at you, I wouldn't even start to slide down yet because he's already showing like, you know, he's a little bit fearful. So you have to watch for some signals. Okay, so watch the facial expressions, watch the... Watch ears, watch yeah, that. yeah. I mean, ears flattened back. Why? Yeah, they call it whale eye. Like they look yeah. like this. You know, panting. Or they do a lot of lip licking or yawning. Yawning mm. is a displacement behavior for a dog. Mm-hmm. So that means they're anxious. Mm. So, but also, if you guys feel you need to do with a muzzle, you know, I, you know, I mean, if you're trying, you know, with an exposure, where I probably would say they have that, but you have to read the dog and be safe. Yeah. Better safe than sorry, basically. Yeah, they're all different. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the basic stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what. That's not like detailed pinpoint to her specific, his specific situation. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a good tip. That was an excellent tip. I think we're going we're going to give that a shot just to see. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, just we'll we'll have to talk about it some more. Yeah, that's all the end all be all, everybody. So every situation's different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Call me if you need help. <laughs> yeah. Which brings up my next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, for everybody's out there watching, 
where can they find you? Where can, if they're fine, if they're watching this episode, Hey, I like what I'm hearing. Could really use mm -hmm. some help with this. How can they contact you? They can contact me at, um, the name is professional veterinary technician services of Northwest PA. I know it's kind of long. They can also contact me via email, uh, Patty Chocho. Well, P A T well, Patty Chocho dot CVT at gmail.com or, uh, 814-480-0702. That's my phone number. Uh, you can Facebook me, but you know, I'm going to need to talk to you first. If we make, I don't do appointments through Facebook. I yeah. need to talk to you on the phone. I, before making any appointment, I need to get history. I need to know what's going on so we can make an appropriate plan for whatever you need, whatever awesome. I can help you with anyway. Awesome. You know? Mm -hmm. And I agree with that because, you know, one thing on the online sounds different than on the phone, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have to you have to get the information. You need. And I send out like if you we want to set something up, I do a meet and greet with you. And then um, well, prior to that, I'll send you some paperwork and information about my business because business policies and all that good stuff. So it's like I'm all, I'm not the vet, but I'm it's a business and I'm, I'm learning a lot because <laughs> yeah. I come from putting IVs in and, you know, and being in major surgeries for three, four hours or three hours, you know, and recovering patients and nursing sick patients back. And I missed a lot of that, but it's been neat to bring the medical cases. When someone gives me a medical case, I'm happy because I'm like, I get to write my nursing notes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you get a report too, because I like to send reports to you. So mm -hmm. every detail is important. Exactly. There is no detail that's not important. Mm-hmm. So, buddy, I got two more questions for you. First off, mm -hmm. please know you're a buddy, not a guest on this show. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. my buddy Jonas Kane at Hashtag Positivity, he wants to know, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Oh, I've had a lot of buddies, and I have some real good ones. Um, what does it mean to be a buddy? Well, i tell you what, someone that's supportive of your goals. Uh, I think that's a big one, especially in vet med, because I can tell you there's a lot of tough stuff in vet med we have to deal with, but having the support, someone that listens, you know, um, those are the biggest things, you know, uh, you know, camaraderie, especially in vet med and, and the medicine field. We're all there for one thing, regardless of how much training you've had, regardless of how you got a degree, you know, veterinary technicians, um, you know, there's license and non-licensed one and some, sometimes some, and I've been in the field long enough and I've seen the drama that can happen between license and non-license. You know what? I, you're all here for one reason. Mm -hmm. You're there for that pet. Your focus is on that pet. So that's what, but anyway, that kind of went off track there, but anyway, that's a buddy supportive. And I had a lot of good ones at Erie Animal Hospital. So nice. I, miss them. I miss them all, but they, they get to see me when I show up and they're like, Oh, it feels like my home. 25 years of my life was there. Brilliant. You're right. There's somebody who's at work that never leave you, you know? Uh, I walk in there and I, I used to live behind the hospital the first from 95 to 98 before the PEC was around. And I did, I listened, uh, I took an emergencies all night and then I worked the next day. So don't ask me how I did it. I was 21. Wait, 23 mm -hmm. to 28. No, geez, 25 to 28. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wonderful. The final question I have for you is what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this one? Yeah. What is your advice to anyone out there watching who wants to be a vet tech one day? Hmm. Well, as we know, this field is very emotional, very physical. Um, and I, 
one, take care of your body. Mm-hmm. It's necessary. Um, we can run into some injuries if we're not physically fit. And I found that out as time went on in my thirties, you know, you know, things change, you know, your body and, and your lift and things have changed now too, but your physical health is everything. Cause you're on that floor sometimes 10 hours a day and you're bending, you're twisting, you're in positions, you're, you're doing dental work, you know, you're doing intravenous catheters, you're loading big 90 pound dogs for surgery. I'm a little thing. I'm not that big, but um, your body has to be in check because I've seen a lot of girls with back injuries, shoulder injuries. And what got me through the field physically, because a lot of people, they're like, I'm, oh, I can't get up. They're all sore. I started training for figure competitions in when I was 37. I tell you what, that turned my life around. It turned everything around because it kept me in the field longer. Having that physical strength and, and determination, it, it all transferred into me and, you know, and, and it went out to my patients. It, gave, it enabled me to give the best care because I was at my best. Now, mentally, that average technician can burn out every five years. Mm-hmm. And it's like nursing. I've been there probably three times in my career for 25 years. I'm going to tell you that straight up. It's how it is. Yeah. You, you can learn, lose your drive. You could lose it. You can get compassion fatigue. You're just seeing the same stuff, but it can get overwhelming when you have five or six euthanasias in a day in a row from the sick ones that were in the hospital that can't get treated anymore from, um, you know, emergencies, bad emergencies that you see hit by cars, things like that. Uh, technicians, multitaskers, our brains every which way, you know, you have eight patients on the board, you're working with the vet. They, you know, we, we have to ad, you know, advocate for that pet because these guys can't be everywhere. That's where we come in. Oh, dog in cage one. He looks painful. He sounds painful. I'm going to consult the vet. Um, it's a lot of mental stuff. You're calculating fluid rates. It's just everything. So mentally, that's why technicians going to burn out. And I've had to, what, what did I have to do to get through those uh, training? Help me physical training helped me and because I let out the steam after I got out. Yeah. After a long day, Oh, it's time for it to hit the punch. But people are like, you're going to work out now, but yep. You know, but I, and I, they think I'm crazy. Some of them, but that's how I went. I had a lot of energy. I still do. But um, last thing about, Oh yeah. So I had to reinvent myself every six years. We have to look for different things to make us happy in our field. It's not, Oh Jesus, another spig, a clip, another space. Nah, it's not that. Okay. I had, to, I had to make that hospital was my home. It becomes your home and you do what you can to make the productive workflow good, or you're going to have a long day or you'll be bored. You got to learn new stuff every day about a medical case, read journals. That's what I say. I still read. I have to hold credits every two years. I have to get 16 credits, but I'm still reading in between. That's how we get good at our job. We don't come out of technician school. Our tech doesn't come out of school. Our assistant doesn't come out of school. Well, I know all that. Well, no, I remember coming out of tech school, 1992, and I I knew stuff, but I didn't know that as much as, man, I know now. It's different. You know, you you gain that, that book work with what you see in practice, and it all depends on how much you want to put forward. If you're not going to put the, your foot forward to learn more and to grow more, you're going to remain stagnant, and I can guarantee it, and you'll get burnt out. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying how it is. And, and I, you know, this, this, I was at the end of my thing. I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I have all this experience. I have to make it worth my while to help other dogs and cats where I can, when I can. It's not everybody, but, and that's my advice. 
physical, physical and mental and, you know, talk to people if you need any help mentally. You're you right. Know, talk to your vets. Talk, talk to your managers. Talk to each other. Uh -huh. Be there for each other in a veterinary working environment. You know, you see yeah. a lot. You do a lot. You're pulled different directions, but... <laughs> We're irreplaceable. Your veterinary technician, and I tell you what, clients, get to know your veterinary technicians because they're going to be, they're very, very helpful. Because uh, it's like we don't have PAs, like you have PAs for doctors, you know, but there will be one day, and I'll probably be retired by then because I always say stuff like that because that's how it goes. <laughs> There's going to be like a, a PA vet, I don't know what they're going to call it, tech or something. I don't know, PA, something where it's, you're almost the next thing because we're pretty close to the doctor. We don't know all the stuff, but we're, we're trained and, and learning and growing. So. That mm. sense. <laughs> well, that's great advice. Number one, you're right. You do need the physicality because one day you're dealing with, you know, just a nice, you know, 10 pound chihuahua or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. The next, you know, the next patient's a hundred pound, you know, like a. Oh yeah. And guess what? It, it'll be at least when you expect it. Cause it'll yep. be in the parking lot at seven o'clock in the morning. Let me tell you what, you better be warmed up. Cause you got to do a deep squat to get that dog up off the ground and into the treatment room off the ground yeah. on a stretcher. So exactly. Cause the that dog just is got, cause mm -hmm. the dog, like a human just got hit by a car, just got, you know, something, something tragic, you know, something close to tragic almost happened and boom. Yeah. Now it's your responsibility. To get yeah. And a lot of the times the technicians start uh, stuff before the doctor even gets back into the room. And that, that's not, that's a known fact. I mean, look on TV. I mean, I'm not saying TV is vet med, yeah. but we're starting CPR. We're putting the tube in. We're intubating. We're getting stuff started. You know, usually the doctor's very close around, but we can start supplementing oxygen. We can start that because that's what we do. We're a support team, so we all work as a team. It's a yeah. constant thing. Every patient is unique. Every treatment plan's unique, and that's how we progress with pet care. Exactly. I also like the the mental advice too. You're right. You stuff for you for your mental health because you get, you know, just think of what you go through on a day to day basis, just like doctors, you know, just like that, you know. Yeah. You see pets. Everyone loves pets. Like when everyone thinks of pets, they think they love it. You know, loving mm -hmm. animals. Imagine seeing that pet at its worst. Yeah, you know? and that's a, that's a hard part, you know, especially when you see them decline and you're trying to get them past the point, but it's not going or financial things happen. They can't uh -huh. go anymore. Hey. You know, there's there's a lot of different things um, in vet med that I'm not even touching upon with mental health. And and it's and, and I tell you what, it's that's another thing that's that wasn't the resources they have now was not there in the 90s and 80s. Mm -hmm. It wasn't and the same with research, too. You had to, to research the field. I got the guidance counselors. I go to the library and get a book. And you know what I found on 1984 or something like that? Vet assistant. I'm like, what's that? I mean, and then my mom and me, my mom, and we just kept reading more stuff. And she found um, tech school and there was only, wasn't one around here. I had to go to Philly. Yay. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I went to a college named Harcum College in Philadelphia and Bryn Mawr. And my intern was at the University of Pennsylvania down at the medical center in Philadelphia. Um, it was awesome. It just, I was worth my while. And she aided me, but get someone to help you. If you're willing to want to be a tech Check your programs out. Talk to people. People can consult me on if they what's you know what they want to do. You know, you know, it, it's yeah. a lot more resources than I had. Mm -hmm. That's why I like doing this and, and talking about. It. 
Mm-hmm. It truly sounds like your passion. It truly sounds like something you love waking up every morning going, I get to go to work rather than I'm going to go to work. You know? Well, it, I miss walking in those doors, but you know what? This, I miss, I like walking in other people's doors because then they're, you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different feeling. Exactly. You know? exactly. Well, yeah. buddy, thank you so much. Oh yeah. Thanks. Here on buddy cast. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot today. It was a pleasure. <laughs> It was a really great episode. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Before we close out this episode, I have one favor to ask you. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, or even next year, please go be someone's buddy. I will. I always am. And I tell you what, if I didn't have my buddies, I don't know what I would do without them. Exactly. Makes a big difference. Yes. (laughs) For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Patty. Please, if you're in the Erie area, you need a vet tech. Please reach out to her. Promise you, it'll be well worth it. I'm your host, host, Nick Sorensen. Thank you for joining us on another episode of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. Hi. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone fast. Buddy, buddy, tune in. Don't be lonely, go make it, buddy, here on BuddyCast. Hey, buddies, you're thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.